0: or simply someone that wants to hear an inspiring story, the Know Your Why podcast is made for you. Hi everyone, I'm Jason Ballara and this is the Know Your Why podcast. Today I'm here with Anna Klein. Uh, She is a CPA who, uh, I guess I was introduced to you sort of through Instagram, Um, you have a, a great presence there. Um, I'm not sure how much we'll talk about accounting today, but I thought maybe you could start by just telling people about your background, kind of brought you what into the, brought you into you know kind of what you do now and and you know sort of your your uh, interests going forward.
1: Yeah, thank you so much, Jason, for having me on. I appreciate it. I love the title of the podcast, Know Your Why. Um, we'll get into details or like why I love it so much because, uh, but I'll tell you a little bit about my background. So. I was born and raised in Mexico, uh, moved to the United States when I was around 13 years old. Um, My mom married, found um, uh, her love of her life here in Milwaukee, Wisconsin, so I went from 90 degree weather to like now only having like three months of the year in summer. So that sucks. Um, so but it, yeah, so different. So I definitely get to enjoy the, just the two months. But um, so yeah, we moved here and then I went to school, normal thing, you know, did accounting. I always knew I wanted to be an accountant. My mom was an accountant um, and it just like engraved at me. You know, my stepdad also is in finance and I was like, this sounds fun. Let me do it. And I actually did fall in love with it. Um, my senior year of high school, I just loved accounting, went to college. Then I got out, graduated, went to some university, I mean, to some uh, private firm. And I hated it. I hated working for somebody else. I just, I don't know why I just, I didn't like the whole, you have to be here from nine to five, which obviously as an entrepreneur, and I think many of your listeners and you yourself, You don't work a nine to five when you're an entrepreneur, but at least you have the freedom to choose when you can work, right? And I think that's what I was looking for. So I was tired of kissing ass and I laughed. I was like, I'm done here, bye. Um, So then I went to another firm and now I became my own firm about five years ago. I decided to say, screw it, I'm going to go do it. But I think anyone who is in our situation with an entrepreneur, we make it sound so easy, like, yeah, screw it. One day I made a decision, but it was definitely sleepless nights. Contemplating back and forth, was this a good idea? Is this not a good idea? Do you agree?
0: Oh, yeah. Yeah. No, it's, I mean, I still have my W 2 job at this point, and it's, uh, I, don't, I don't know that I'll ever leave it completely, but I, but, but yes, the, the, that sort of transition to a, from a known, you know, steady, regular paycheck to, you know, sort of being on your own and, and sort of having to hustle for it is, it's a scary step to take. Um, but so when you so when you did that, uh, kind of interesting that your, your mom's an accountant too that's a, a I don't know that I hear a lot of that like that family uh, background. <laughs> but um, so when you when you made that transition, I, I think one of the things, and I've talked to other people about it on the podcast, but I feel like there's two ways to do it right? There's the people that sort of start their business on the side and then they sort of gradually work into you know feeling comfortable with their own business and then, then they quit you know their regular w2 job and then there's the people that burn the boats and just i'm out and i'm doing this so what did you do
1: yeah i definitely went the easy route where i found a contracting job that would at least help me pay my bills and then so i did quit my full time job and i went as a contractor but at least i wanted to make sure i had enough money to pay my bills so i had so i guess it was in the middle of those two options i had my money secured for three months because it was a three month contract. But after that, I mean, it was pray hell Mary and hopefully clients love me and want to come work with me.
0: <laughs> yeah. And I, I mean, I guess at least cor- correct me if I'm wrong, but sort of traditionally accounting is a very seasonal sort of field, right? So it's, if you're, it's probably easy to find work in February-ish you know whenever everybody's trying to get their taxes done and stuff and I know that's not all there is to it and I actually would love to talk a little bit about sort of all the other components that probably people don't think of but um yeah I guess I would imagine that sort of the timing of it right when you when you decide to leave that safety if you will and and kind of be on your own if it's not the busy season maybe that's a little more daunting than uh you know, kind of when you know that everybody needs to get, you know, they have a deadline for their taxes.
1: Right, yeah, that's a really good point. So I have to say it was March of 2016 that I quit my job. So it was like in the middle of tax season and I had already started um, like telling people on the side, like, hey, I'm gonna do taxes. But at the same time, I feel like with any entrepreneur, everyone's like, mm, "So this person's doing taxes. Like, what do they know, right?" So I would say it was definitely difficult at the beginning, and then I think you get to a level of like where you're just staggered, and You can't, you can't level up, and I think every entrepreneur will feel that way. Like you're like, "Oh, I made it. I actually made one year where I made thirty thousand dollars, which is not a lot, but you're like, hey, it's better than nothing. Right. I mean." But, and then you're like, okay, how do I make go from here to here? So I think, I think you're right. It was easier for accounting to grab clients then. But then after tax season, that's when you're like, oh my gosh, what now? So you, I really had to get a coach and figure out what was I going to do to survive for, you know, the non busy season.
0: Cool. Let's actually talk about that then. So you, so you got a like a business coach type of, is that?
1: Yes. And I will always whatever i mean i first i remember and i i don't mind sharing these numbers because i think when we start right so i remember when i started tax people came and i was charging you know 100 bucks like let's just pretend we're anybody right you're charging the least amount because you just want people to come to you and then i was like i'm working literally hundred hours a week. This is not what I wanted. I know I'm not pricing things correctly. There's got to be out there, And it wasn't like I could just call someone and be like, Hey, so how much do you charge? And I'm like, no, that's right. right. So I found a coach and I remember it was $6,000. And I was like, how am I going to pay for this? Like $6,000 is a lot when I don't have steady income. And it doubled my business in three months. It was the best decision I've ever made. And I always tell people, whatever field you're in, go find someone who's doing the same thing and take it. It's, it's an investment. And it was an amazing investment.
0: Yeah, for sure. I mean, it, you, it's an investment in yourself and you're, you, like you said, you, you doubled your business. And so it's like, it's going to do a coach is going to do one of two things, at least if not both in that it will effectively speed up your growth right? So if you try to do everything on your own without any help, maybe you'll get there, but it's probably going to take a lot longer. Right. Uh, coach will speed that process up and they'll probably also, you know, sort of exponentially be able to increase your earnings like at the same time, basically, like by, by, you know, one perfect example, you're, you're pricing yourself too low because you're worried about not having business, but instead mm-hmm. you really need to the idea is that you're approaching, pricing yourself appropriately, and then you can have (laughs) the right amount of business and not be killing yourself to make, to make that money. Right.
1: Right. And I think just, just as an entrepreneur going from a nine to five, it's so different. So you don't really know how to market. You don't really know anything. And I think we all think when we're in a nine to five, like, well, if my boss can do it, I can do it. And like, we forget about insurance. We forget about employees. We forget, we forget all these really important things. And this the biggest stress. Um, so honestly anyone listening who's like in any even in real estate right like get a coach like invest you always are learning from people who are smarter than you like always it's the best thing
0: yeah yeah for sure and you're you know when you decide to go out on your own you're not usually deciding like oh I just want to whatever field it is you know if it's accounting or you're not you're not saying oh I just want to do like my friend's tax returns on the side you're talking about starting a business so you do have to think about those things the the insurance the employees the any of that you know liability stuff like that that goes along with it and so you have to think about that you have to think about how you're going to scale and kind of create that growth and so it, it is having someone that's done it and knows how to, you know, sort of guide you through it, it'll just make it, you know, it'll, it'll save you a lot of mistakes. It'll, it'll speed you up, speed up the time timeframe. Uh, it will make it, you know, probably substantially better. I think, you know, if you ask anyone who has had a mentor or a coach, I, I feel like uh, most any of them would say, yeah, it's, it's the best thing I did and, and would do it again in a heartbeat. So I think it's, it's very, very uh, recommended. So when you when you started your firm, I mean, I guess, well, let me back up. Do you, are you focused kind of exclusively as a real estate CPA? Or are you sort of doing everything or are you you're kind of really niche down on, on real estate?
1: Yeah. So when I first started, I was like telling you, like, whoever trusts me and walks in the door, like, I'm happy to take whoever. Right. And then I started getting, you know, just by, by accident, people started coming to me who were real estate, who had real estate. And I love numbers. And I was like, why are these people paying literally in percentage-wise so much more less than my clients who make, who are high income earners? I'm like, so then I literally just started diving into real estate, everything I could find out about real estate. I mean, people, if they know who Grant Cardone is, I remember I almost spent $60,000 on some coaching program that he had. I didn't, it has worked for people, but I was like, okay, no, I don't need to do that. Um, but I just literally was like, I need to know everything about real estate. And then I'm like, oh my gosh, like 95, I can't remember the specific, but it's like 95% of wealthy people are in real estate and I'm like why am I not in this why aren't we teaching especially for me coming from Mexico I'm always like how we come here wherever you come from as an immigrant you come here to live this American dream that everybody talks about right it's like how is it that we can teach that I can teach other people and educate them and like if you see on my Instagram really it's just about education like that's my why like why are we working rat race like nine to five everybody especially if you're married let's say two kids I mean, I'm going on a tangent, but this is why I wanted to do real estate because I'm like, now I can teach people that buying a duplex um, or buying more rentals can definitely give them the freedom down the road. Um, But then of course um, myself, I was like, okay, I need to get into this business. And then long story short, I realized that my grandpa in Mexico is a real estate investor himself in Mexico. I had no idea, but I always, he would always go on trips with us, Jason, like he would take us to Disney. And I'm like, why doesn't this guy work like like why doesn't he work and then I finally went back after I got into real estate and he's like yeah he's like this building this building he's like I own it I was like okay I can't wait I was like tell me everything obviously it's so different but I'm like now I see the difference between that side of my grandparents versus the other side of my grandparents who had a nine-to-five it's like the freedom that you have with your family is honestly priceless obviously there's a lot of headache that goes with it but yeah so now back to your question is now I focus on real estate just try to educate people and also the tax code it's insane I mean it's literally how to minimize your taxes and it's literally written for you you just have to have someone to help you through play the game
0: right yeah I mean it's not it's not a secret book right it's not like this secret book that you have to have some special key to unlock anybody can read the tax code but as a person who is not a CPA and I've tried to look at it, it's like, I don't, it's, it's too much. I would much rather have someone, you know, use their expertise and figure those things out for me, but it's, it speaks to the importance of, well, a couple of things. I mean, you know, you talked, touched on, you noticed how your real estate clients were paying so much less in taxes. And it's like, and the same thing, it's not even just the tax side of it, but the same thing for me, as I've like dug more and more into the real estate world, once you realize those benefits it's like everybody needs to know this every it, it, i really do i feel like it's like everybody needs to know this and start doing it in some way whether it's active investing or passive investing everybody should be doing it because it's it's the way out of that rat race right it's the way that you can work in whatever job you want in whatever capacity you want it's not it's not necessary like your grandfather i'm sure worked very hard but, Mm -hmm. but also got to go on trips with you. Like, it's just kind of like, it's, it's not one or the other. You're still going to work hard. It's just, you're in control of how that work looks. And so it it really, it's really freeing. So I I think, yeah. And then, and then having someone to help you kind of learn, learn, not even learn, just take care of the tax side of it for you. I don't, I don't want to learn it. I want someone, (laughs) someone to do it for me, but it's, it's at least knowing having that person to form the, the strategies, right? Like how, how to, how is it that real estate professionals are able to pay less taxes in theory, right? It's, there are, there are a lot of different vehicles. Um, some are particularly interesting to me, and maybe we can dive into that a little bit. Um, we, I guess one thing I'd, I'd love to talk about because I, I, I think it's a very cool strategy um, and that's uh, opportunity zones. Mm-hmm. So it's something that I have a very sort of <laughs> uh, high level understanding but it's it's a really great way to sort of minimize or avoid capital gains tax and so I wondered if you might touch on that a little bit or I can ask specific questions however you think is better.
1: Yeah, I can give you guys a little bit of background on like uh you know of what uh, opportunity zone fund investing is, right? So essentially if you think about it, let's just say you have, um, you're have you doing trades, like you trade in the stock market or whatnot, and you have a huge gain. That would be taxed at a capital gain rate, right? So usually prior to this opportunity zone funding and investment, what would happen is you're taxed at the capital gain rate, depending, it could be zero. Well, it depends on your tax bracket, right? So there was no way to avoid that. So whether you're trading or um, any other capital gains, um, you would be taxed at that. But then um, what they did was, Days in Congress, what they did was like, okay, so if you take the gains from that capital gain and invest them, so let's say you have Apple shares that you bought 18,000 years ago and now you were sitting on a hundred thousand because you sold them, right? You're like, oh my
0: gosh, what am exactly. I like, I used to like? I always, do. oh, yeah,
1: See, I Most always bought shares time. in
0: Apple. i like, always that that's, it's funny, that- <laughs> <So> that-
1: <laughs> but it's true. And now you're sitting on, let's say, two hundred thousand dollars of a capital gain that's a really pretty chunk of of taxes. So instead of what you can do is you can take the whole entire 200K or partial and invest it in these these zones called opportunity zones funds in real estate. Uh, You literally can just Google or opportunity zone funds um, in your, wherever you are located. And then that tax, whatever tax you were gonna have, it just keeps getting deferred. However, these are expiring in 2026. We don't know what's going to happen. So these were great for, you know, I mean, they're still great. We're in 2021, but keep that in mind if you're just like partially reinvesting or like we don't know what's going to happen. And this just touches base on make sure that whatever you got to research who you're voting for, who Congress, who the Senate is, because all these people that you vote for, depending on what your goals are financially and fiscally, I'm not talking morally, um, could make, you know, affect it. So that's the way to avoid capital gains by investing into real estate in these zones. Um, Obviously, opportunity zone funds are are zones that are, you know, less maintained, definitely need some money so they can rehab them and be better.
0: Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's essentially, you know, a government trying to incentivize people to invest in those areas, whether it's business mm-hmm. or real estate uh, investors. And so, yes, I, I know there's, you know, in 2026, you're going to have to pay some level of that capital gains. There's maybe some step down. I, I, again, I, I, I understand on the high level, but the other thing that I think is great about it is if you hold it for 10 years, right, then there's no, there's no, no attack on the sale. Right. So, so what, as a real estate investor, that's huge because one of the things that Like most real estate investors do is they want, you know, when they sell an asset, if they've made a whole bunch of money, they want to kind of roll, you know, they don't want to pay all those taxes then. So a lot of people will use the 1031 exchange, which may or may not go away. That's, you know, as you're speaking, like depending on who, how that vote goes, but that may or may not go away. But with the opportunity zone fund, you don't even have to worry about that. If you hold on to it for 10 years, there will be no capital gains on after the sale, right? On that at right.
1: That. Exactly. So but then in 2026, it's gonna go away. So like, you know, if it's not 10 years, so let's say you invest in it now, that you we know we haven't they haven't come up with regulations of like, okay, well, you invested in three years or two years or a year like are they I mean is it, it's just all up in the air so like it was a really great idea for people who did it when it first came out because you know you have that many more years I think think it's still a great idea but this is where tax planning comes in and this is where you know tax I think a lot of people don't know the difference we're so used to just okay I have to go to H&R Block on April 14th and file my taxes and then they tell me how much I pay and then I leave and then Okay, that's boring, and there's nothing you can do about that. Like, you just go and get your taxes done. But this is where tax planning and tax consultation really comes in handy because we talk about, like, okay, Jason, let's see, you're sitting on three mil. Like, what should we do with it? Right? Like, this is where we need to play the game. And this is why people get upset at. I posted something on my Instagram the other day about our other president. It's not political, it's just like he was, they asked him a question when the debate was happening, they asked him a question. They're like, pay president or he wasn't the president he's like why did you not pay taxes or how are you getting away with all these losses and he goes no everybody on this panel does the same thing they're just not as vocal about it as me so it's like it has nothing to do with politics these quotes have been written for ages they all take advantage of it unfortunately they're just not open about it because they don't want us to know all these. Otherwise they would teach us in school, right? They would teach you in school how to do a tax return. They would teach you about capital gains. It's like, that's what I'm trying to open the eyes to people. That it's like, all the wealthy people do this. They take advantage of this and they play the game. So you need to make sure you level up and get to their level. If you can't beat them, join them.
0: Yeah, yeah, exactly. I mean, part, part of the whole, your whole you know wealth building strategy has to be tax planning, right? Because mm-hmm. if you're, Working really hard, you're doing all this, and and you're making extra money, and then you have to give half of it away. Like it's not, it's kind of defeating, right? It's like, well, why am I, why am I busting my butt to do this, and and then I'm just giving it all away. Like if I'm gonna give money away, I wanna I wanna give it away to charity. I wanna give it to, to people that, uh, that need it. And so, it's um, yeah. I think that that, yeah, Not trying to get political, but I I know what you're you're talking about, and I know there was. You know, sort of big uproar uh, about about tax avoidance, and I feel like that's not the reason I would like or dislike. A, some, you know what I mean? Like that's not that's not illegal or anything. Like that's what no. people do. That's what people do with their wealth. And so the the trick is, yeah, figure it out and and do the same thing. And so you know, get yourself invested in in real estate. Get you know whatever it is, meet with a CPA that, that knows how to plan for these situations. You know, there's, there's all kinds of things that when you start digging into it, you, you learn about it. I guess uh, I'll ask another sort of specific, these questions are obviously like related to my life, but I know that there <laughs> are um, tax strategies for like paying your children, right? So that yeah. you can do, you know, give them some amount of money out of your business for work, and then it's essentially up to some point can be tax-free and a business write-off? Is that, I, I'm talking vague, but maybe you can <laughs> expand on that.
1: Yes, of course. This is a really, um, people talk about this all the time. There's a lot of, of course, Talk to your CPA, this is not advice. Like right. this is just us talking, but um, it's a really cool it's strategy. Advice to me
0: maybe, but it's advice.
1: Show, don't take, <laughs> no, but don't you take never know. People would be like Anna on some podcast, told me. I'm like, no, I didn't. But so that's why we got to say that. Paid my,
0: my kids cool. all my money, and no.
1: <laughs> yeah. So essentially, what happens is, if you have children who can help you in your business, doing legitimate work, right? So I get a lot of time. Realtors. These are like my favorite. Realtors were like yeah, my two-year-old, he's like part of my advertising. And I'm like, no, they're not. Like, this is where it gets tricky, right? People try to really play the game. And I'm like, okay, no, you can't do it that way. So essentially, let's just say you have rentals, right? And your kids are eight, nine years old and you self-manage. So they come with you and they help you, you know, whatever they're doing, whatever you want to do when you go to the property, if they're helping you, they're helping you in the business. So you want to pay them. So if they are under 18 years old, you can pay them up to $12,400 and not be an an expense to your business and have, have it to them um, as income without paying taxes. Now, it's a great strategy because if you have three kids, you know, 12,000, four times three, five kids, six kids. Now, don't go have kids because this is a good idea. But if right. you already have them.
0: It's not a piece of advice. Don't have a bunch yes, of kids.
1: Please don't.
0: Just put them to work.
1: Exactly. Yeah. But the other cool thing is that what you can do is let's say you have uh, these kids and now they have income. They can start putting them in a for, into a Roth IRA or... Any sort of retirement that they would have. What I see my, my my clients do is that they're like, okay, I'm gonna pay my kid twelve thousand four hundred, but that money is if the kids want to start soccer, you're expensing the soccer, but it's just it's just a little more, and there's more administrative work to it.
0: Yeah, and so you actually brought up a really good point because this is a this is a question I wondered about specifically because I live in LA. I was talking to uh, a friend of mine, and he was like. I, I said, I was like, do you know you can pay your kids out of your business? And he's like, yeah. He's like, you should pay your kids. I'm like, my kids are two and a half and, and 10 weeks old. I'm like, he's like, well, kids get paid to be in advertising, right? Like if a, ch- if a child's in a commercial or whatever, they get paid. Sure. So that was, that was his point. And I was like, I, I feel like it's a valid question, but I do think the, the trick is you have to always be thinking about this from the standpoint of what if I get audited is that going to like stand up in, in court? In and court, are you right. Then, and if it doesn't, are you prepared to then pay all the, the back exactly. tax and penalties and things like that? It's, it's kind of that that's maybe the thing that uh, as you get more involved in the tax code and, and have more of this, these particular deductions and whatnot, you have to be very conscious of that
1: right there's a difference between tax evasion and tax avoidance right tax evasion gets you in jail because you're evading your tax but avoidance is like you're just avoiding it because there's a rules there's rules to do that so paying your kids when you are a realtor and he's two years old like no one's coming that's not advertising it'd be hard again it's every time clients ask me like can I do this I'm like it depends like it always depends I was just talking to another client of mine oh sorry and um he does a lot of advertising on YouTube. Like he does videos and he does all these things and he wants to get this extravagant car like a Lamborghini or a Ferrari. I'm like, okay, well, we can make it work if you use it for advertising, right? Like that's legitimate, but I'm a CPA. I'm not going to be like, yeah, let me just have a Lamborghini or a Ferrari to, for what, like, you know? So like, it depends. You can make it work. You just got to be creative.
0: <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I, I think just thinking about it from that aspect of okay can i if i get audited can i just, maybe no one ever audits you and it's fine like that i'm sure people do it all the time things on their taxes that they shouldn't and then uh no one ever notices but but in reality the probably the the more money you're making the more that you're trying to uh, avoid the more scrutiny there's going to be about what you know what you're actually paying in taxes. I I would think. I guess I don't actually know how they how they <laughs> run those. Yeah, audits. there's
1: there's not really any sort of like okay if you do this they're going to come audit you. Really, the the things I've seen because I've been in audit is real estate professional status that applies to us as you know my my clients who are realtors and we can get into detail so, we can essentially um, that is one of the most litigated things or Kate, like things in the IRS that gets all the time, because essentially what happens is let's just say I'm a high net worth worth um, earner, right? So I make $400,000 a year and I have all these rentals. Well, you can create losses through these rentals. And then what they'll say is, oh, cool. Then I can bite them off against my $400,000. If you don't qualify for real estate professional status, you can't do that. People don't know the details of that. So they go ahead and do that. So that I know for sure is highly litigated. Number two is mileage. People really love to just say that they drove 38,000 miles exactly every single year. You're like, no way did you drive that? Um, So there's apps out there for all these things. So at the end of the day, when people say, well, what if I get audited? Well, if you get audited, are you hiding anything? Because if you're not, like if you're worried about your receipt that you forgot a year ago, like who cares? but if you're hiding paying your children as an advertiser when you are a plumber okay well yeah that who cares like that makes no sense
0: yeah yeah it, it's a uh, it has to i guess pass pass the sniff test in in terms of you know what like whoever if you're in a uh tax trial basically mm-hmm they're not stupid like they're going to be like yeah you probably didn't you probably didn't pay your kids like they probably didn't do 12,000 dollars worth of work at age 2 like it's just
1: exactly
0: it's it's kind of just maybe common sense and and being uh it's i guess just being honest doing it doing it the right way avoiding as much as you can but do, doing it the right way um yeah re- real estate professional status is actually pretty interesting to me but it's probably a ve- i know it's a very long elaborate topic so maybe maybe one for another day but um it's the the point is and i think probably maybe the most important thing about you know people using their cpa for these planning purposes and not just showing up you know the beginning of the year like here's my stuff do my taxes like uh, it's once you start getting into this realm of of really building wealth and, and trying to avoid some of that, you, you need help, you need someone to help you kind of strategize and, and do it ahead of time, right? So not, not come, you know, December 30th, you're like, what should I have done? You know, what what do I do this year to not pay so much in taxes? I guess is, is kind of, would you agree that's the more, yeah. more probably the more important focus of of using your CPA wisely?
1: Absolutely. If anyone gets anything out of this call is to make sure that if you have a business, um, I will say that if you work a W-2 job and both you you're single or married, um, it's very hard. There's very little tax planning that can be done for people who are W-2s. So if you have a business or you have investment properties or you have cryptocurrency, you should be having a call with your CPA once a year, right? No matter what for planning. Now, I will say this for all my fellow CPAs who may be listening, it is not my responsibility to come to you and ask you, hey, Jason, like, are you ready to have this conversation? Like, no, it's your responsibility as a taxpayer to be um, proactive and call your CPA to get this uh, this call.
0: Yeah, yeah, definitely. I mean, it, it, it's it's like anything else, right? Once you start, you're, you're, you're working in your business, you have to essentially look at it from all angles and, and what can be most beneficial and, and it's no one's going to come you know CPA is not going to come to you and ask you to tax plan your lawyer is not going to come to you and ask to for you to work on asset protection like you have to do these things you know and and be an advocate for yourself um, so maybe we'll, we'll kind of switch gears here and go into the part where uh, I'm going to ask you just a few questions that I like to ask every guest and that way um, we don't keep you here all day talking about all the different <laughs> possible <laughs> tax deductions, um, but the first one is <laughs> relevant to the to the title of the show. I know you touched on it a bit, but um, maybe you could dig in a little bit more on on what is your why? You know, kind of what what drives you? Why do you uh, why do you do what you do? And, and sort of where do you see that taking you?
1: Yeah, that's such a great question. I think for me, honestly, it's just time. Time is priceless and building my business and buying rentals. And also, so there's two, right? Time for me to spend time with whatever I want to do, whatever my hobby is, whether it's volunteering, whether it's swimming, whatever your hobby is, that is my number one thing. I just want to be able to, for example, earlier today, it's a perfectly good example. I was like, you know what? I don't have a call to three. I'm going to go by the pool and just hang out for an hour. Like, that's why I wanted to do this um, and why I continue to buy property so that I can just do whatever I want when I want. Um, But then number two is educating. Like that is my thing. I think coming from a different country, knowing how good we have it here and how easy it is to get from zero to the top in the United States, like educating other people instead of complaining, like you can do it if you work hard. So I try to be really, really open and loud about that with my followers. And I mean, if you guys follow me, you'll see that it's like, you can do it. Just don't complain. Let me educate how to get from here to here. It can be done. Yeah.
0: It's funny. Um, I feel like I noticed there's a lot of you know people that come into the US and there's the, the picture of the American dream. And, and I feel like probably a lot of immigrants take more advantage of it than people that are born here right? like <laughs> I, I think
1: so because if you don't know anything else how do you how are you going to compare right, right? so, so I days. think that's we're,
0: like we're <laughs> we're it's just I mean it's it's uh it, it's kind of sad sometimes to see like you know he, there's many many successful people that have immigrated into the U.S. there's many successful Americans too but it's like you can't complain about people immigrating if you're not doing the work right like you can't like realize Absolutely. that this is the land of opportunity but go get the opportunity it's just kind of it's kind of crazy sometimes to uh to meet to just the number of people that just don't do it you know and, and it's it it's not it's not easy but it's simple
1: right it's not i mean a perfectly good example is like during covid right i mean a lot of people got unemployment, and which is sad, like that I will never take away. Do you think people in Mexico got unemployment? Like, no. Do you think people in other countries? No, they didn't. So it's like, I feel like people who did get unemployment here, which is sad because they had to, you know, pay their kids. It's like, maybe that was a time for us to realize, okay, I can't depend on my job. Like, how do I get out of this? Because if something like this were to happen, how do I do that? And people were complaining about it. And it's like, other countries didn't even get, like, they're like, oh, well, COVID, sorry. It's like, Just little things we take for granted. But if you've never been somewhere else, you just feel like you said. I think the world, the word entitled, is such a good thing. But also our education system is just not teaching us these things, right? They teach you like go to school, work for someone else, put into your 401k. It's like okay, when I'm 70, like that's not gonna. How I need a lot of money to live by the time I'm 70. And when do you spend time with your family? That's huge thing difference between Mexico and here. Here you work to live. That, no, yes, you work all the time, right? In Mexico, you spend time with your family, like you work, but you know, at night you're hanging out with your friends and your family because that's really important here. Like the culture is always like, work, 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 work. And it's like, wait, I forgot to call my mom. It's been a year since I've talked to my brother. It's been a year since I've talked to my sister. I'm like, how? Because we're so used to just, if you work hard and you have a nine to five, you're set. And that's not true.
0: Yeah no I, I and I mean it like basically what you just said is exactly why why I started this podcast because that was me I was like I just I just need to work more I'll work more we'll have more money somehow that makes things better I don't really like I was pretty happy when I was young we didn't have any money so I don't really like I, you just get <laughs> in that, like you get in that mindset or game of like well, if I work a little bit more, then we can have a little bit bigger house or whatever, you know, whatever it is. And then it was like, you know, my kids came along and I was just like, no, I, I don't, I, I want to see them. Like, and I don't want to, I don't want to see them when I'm 65. I want to see them now and no. <laughs> like be there for the sports and the recitals and the theater, whatever mm-hmm. they want to do. Like, I just want to be there and be a part of it. And so yeah, you're you're hundred percent right. It's just, you know, a, th- a thing that we, uh overlook in the in the culture of you know sort of just working and and not realizing that there's ways to maximize that that income that you're making so that you don't have to like it's actually easier to grow your income by becoming an investor and Mm -hmm. (laughs) using these tax strategies and things than it is to to work more because you know you talked about at the beginning if you're charging not enough. And the only way you can make more money is by doing more returns. Like it, it it's just this endless cycle that doesn't, it's not sustainable. So yeah, I, I think you're hundred percent right. I think it, it's that, you know, once you figure that out, it, it's really kind of life changing.
1: Yeah, I totally, totally agree.
0: Um. Okay. Well, tell us, <laughs> tell us something about you that people don't know. Uh, what what do you like to do in this time that you have, <laughs> this time freedom that you have? Or <laughs> maybe it's a special skill or something like that.
1: That's a good question. Um, actually, I've been really getting into reading um, about politics and like our history. So just like with all the turmoil that's been happening and like the division um, in our country, that's like the one thing that I'm like, okay, I want to learn more about why people act this way or why people are like this so I think I was very I think like many of us were so privileged to just have lived in this little box of this is what we know and if it doesn't fit this box culturally socially then it's wrong or I don't like it right or it's like oh, well, that's weird um so lately I'm like you know what let's figure something else out let's be more educated so I think reading is something that um I've, I've gotten into it usually I would read just like I don't know anything for fun but I'm like let me actually stimulate my brain right
0: learn something while you're reading yeah no that's yeah that's great uh uh, yeah I um I like to stay away from politics but I it probably would help to be more educated about it I suppose (laughs) that's a good idea um you touched on a little bit how how can people reach you is is uh I know I know you have a pretty good presence on Instagram. Um, but in terms of people want to talk to you, if they want to reach out uh, and become a client, how, how would you and we'll get everything in the show notes. But what's uh, what's the best avenues for that?
1: Yeah, so the best is to head on over to my Instagram, which is Anna KCPA, which I think you'll put there as one end. Um, and there's a little link to our questionnaire. So essentially, you know, we want to make sure it makes sense for both of us to work together. So you fill out the questionnaire, if you have properties, um, and someone will reach out so we can schedule a consultation with you to see if it makes sense to work together.
0: Awesome. Awesome. Sounds good. And uh, yeah, and people should check out your Instagram also just for the educational, you know, like we were saying, you have a lot of <laughs> just, I think, I feel like very practical tips uh, that that are good. Um, okay, one last question, Anna, what, uh, what piece of advice would you give to people, um, doesn't have to be tax related, just in terms of, you know, sort of getting ahead in life, uh, achieving in uh, whatever that means, whether it doesn't necessarily have to even be financial <laughs> achievement, just, you know, life happiness, or what, what's your, what's your piece of advice?
1: Definitely always say is don't make excuses, stop blaming other people, and just do it. I think that's how I was brought up, Where it's like, if you want to get from point A for to point B, whatever it is, whether it's financially, emotionally, in a relationship, whatever it is, it's like, stop making excuses. Like, no one cares, really. Nobody cares about your excuses. Like, just get to point B and just do the work. Yeah. I have no sympathy (laughs) for that.
0: And I mean, people might care, but that's not going to fix it for you. Right. Right. Exactly. Right. You might have friends that are like, yeah, I'm sorry. But still, like, you're in this, like, just get out of that victim victim mentality and and go ahead and, and, and do it, make it happen. Because, like, literally anyone can do it. Like, if I can do it, anyone can do it. Like, it's just, it's that simple. Like, I, I think there's no, uh, there's no reason there's, there's, there are obstacles, but there are, they are, you know, surmountable.
1: Absolutely. I agree.
0: Well, thank you so much. Uh, I really appreciate having you on. I think that was, uh, very helpful, uh, for people in a lot of ways. And and I think, uh, people would be smart to reach out to you. I think, if you already have a CPA, just I, I, again, being proactive in handling your own, you know, sort of financial situation and, and tax status.
1: Yeah. And if anything, if you do have a CPA that you like, you know, it's always good to bring up to them, like, Hey, I heard this on this, or, you know, yeah. it's like, yeah. we're also not wizards. Like we don't know everything. So, you know, bring it to your CPA and hopefully you can be proactive.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Awesome. All right. Well, thank you so much. I appreciate your time. And uh, I guess we'll say goodbye. Thanks, everyone.
1: Jason.